Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast. Hosted by Brooke and Farron. Where you learn a little about a lot. And sometimes a lot about a little. Hey guys, you're here today with Farron and my mom, Jeannie Frazier. Say hi. Hi guys. I'm wondering if our voices are going to be hard to tell apart. I remember getting phone calls um, growing up and answering the phone and people be like, hey Jean, and just like going off and me having to interrupt and say, it, it's Farron. <laughs> Luckily, never got to hear any of the juicy details uh-huh. or I should have played it up, but I didn't. Yeah, you could have done a lot with that. <laughs> yes. We are currently recording at my mom's house, my mom and dad's house, in the closet. We're hiding from the rest of the family. And it's actually kind of nice. It is. Yes. This is a nice place. I wish I would have known about it growing up. (laughs) (laughs) I could have just come here to escape everybody. All right. So, Mom, tell the world. I know you. They don't know you. I know you. Mm -hmm. Tell the world a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, my name's Jeannie Frazier, and my maiden name was Jaminette, and I am a wife to Kim Frazier, and I have four kids. They are Farron. The favorite. <laughs> Tony. The tall one. Tony. Yep. He's tall. He's six seven. And Sydney. Mm-hmm. And Max. Yep. And I have four grandbabies. Mm-hmm. Tori. Gabby. Brini. Yeah. And Jackson. Not um, in birth order, but those yeah. are all of them. You named them all. Yeah. I That's mean, I'm, I'm thinking about them as they unloaded out of the car. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I was a hairdresser when I graduated high school. I went into cosmetology. Mm-hmm. I was a hairdresser for like 10 years. And then Kim, my husband at that time, was traveling to Brazil for two to three weeks at a time. And I had Tony and Farron. And we were talking about getting pregnant for Sydney, and it was like, well, you know what? I'm just done. I I, I can't work and take care of three kids, um, you know, with him going to Brazil for two and three weeks at a time. I didn't have family around or anything like that. Okay, so anyway. Did the stay-at-home mom gig. Yeah, did yeah. the stay-at-home mom gig. I had quite a few friends that stayed home and uh, that was good because then you had friendship and you had the kids to play with each other and anyway my hobbies yeah what do you enjoy doing I love to paint Mm -hmm. I'm like the paint Nazi I'm just like all about painting I love to paint walls I love to paint my newest thing is actually painting canvases and um, I'm just dying to get out in the garage and play with that. In you fact, paint furniture. Yeah. If we're shopping somewhere like Hobby Lobby, she's like, oh, you could paint it. Yeah. Yeah. Put it this way. If you stand still, I might paint you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Don't, uh, don't stand still. You'll get painted. Yeah. Anyway, right. so that's, that's what I love to do. I love to paint. Yes. Anything creative um, or having a good time. Yeah. In all definitions, so... Oh, wait, is drinking margaritas and hanging out at the pool, is that a hobby? That is a hobby. That's what I love to do, too. That's one of my future (laughs) goal hobbies. Uh So, 
Have you painted a margarita? I need to. Oh, yeah. You could color them, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You you made me a margarita, a mumgarita one a year mom-garita for for Mother's Day. Yes, yes. yes. And I you still have that. You do. Yeah. Right next to like the self portrait or portrait of your mom, right? You kept all our Mother's Day stuff. No, not all of it. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Heart. I broke. did. I did keep that. You better have kept every Mother's Day craft I made you, and every flower you I ever picked, and you. every Christmas ornament that came home with your picture in it. Right? Are you gonna tell me the tooth fairy's not real? Uh, there you could be know kids the listening. Yeah. Okay. The tooth fairy uh-huh. is real, guys. Yes, it just is. in case. Okay, tell us a little bit about your wedding day, just as. An icebreaker. Well, okay. So, like I said, I was a hairdresser. And so, here I am lined up to do the flower girl, my mother, uh, my dad, myself. Nobody did my hair or my makeup. Yeah, you're doing everyone else's hair. I'm doing everyone else's hair. And Kim had said to me the night before, you better not be late. Because, you know, I can tend to run late. Well... I don't know why I took on so much to do. At that time, French braiding was a big deal, so that's why I ended up doing the flower girl's hair and stuff. But, I mean, I just remember the kitchen that morning, and it's like, first of all, I remember waking up, and we lived on a busy street, and all these cars are driving by, and it's like carrying on their normal life, and here I am thinking, it's my wedding day. All cars should just stop. Traffic should stop. (laughs) But, nope, they didn't and stuff. And, in fact, I just got busy in the kitchen with everybody doing everybody's hair. And it's like, that was just dumb. So, were you late? No, I was not late. Well, congratulations. Yes, yes. Biggest celebration of the day. My family is a family of late people. But I have changed over the years because of Kim. And you realize when you have kids and they have events, they have to be on time. So, so two things. One, it's genetic for me. And yeah. two, there's hope that I can improve. Yeah. Okay. Although you have kids. <sighs> and you're going to events. Everyone always mentions how I get to work kind of early. And if they knew what time I was really aiming for, they wouldn't realize that I'm actually late, late every day. Yeah. But that's okay. I'm yeah. there before the required time, and that's what counts. Yeah. All right. So do you remember, though? When you were in grade school, and I carpooled. Yes. And you'd get there late. Yes. So I try to extend this grace to students now, but I remember we'd roll into school late sometimes, and oh my gosh, the people at the door tell you, come on, you're late, and then you go get your tardy slip, and they're like, oh, it's you again, and going down the hallway, you get the eye rolls and the comments, and just then you're supposed to go learn all day. So now, when I see kids coming in late, because I do have morning hall monitoring, I just encourage them, like, walk quickly, you're fine, go, go get to class, it'll be fine. Um, but yeah. Can we interject, though, that wasn't my fault? Sure. I'm not going to say we whose won't fault name it was. Names. But... Yeah, but, but it so, wasn't me. Yes, but it is hard to get kids out the door, yet alone, make an extra stop. So, anyways, I don't carpool. I can't speak to that. Yeah. Um, okay, so you are here for lots of reasons. 
but we've been discussing personal growth. And obviously, when you are growing up, your parents are raising you and teaching you lessons and morals and helping facilitate growth both both physically, emotionally, and maybe even your personality. They're developing that as well. So we have some questions today, um, and we're going to just kind of start from when you were a kid, and then we'll get into raising kids and even what you see in the future. So growing up, what kind of chores or responsibilities did you have? Well, cleaning my room, and then I remember I got a dog. I convinced my parents to let me have a dog and oh my gosh, his name was Lad, and he was my best friend. I loved that dog, and I I took care of my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, then you know, like sometimes we would clean the house. Just my parents worked, and you know they would come home, and the house would be clean, and it was like fun cleaning the house to surprise them, and they were so like excited and and surprised and happy and thankful and so that was awesome and then we had horses we had horses for a few years and so it was our responsibility where we boarded them that we had to feed them every day clean out the stalls and stuff and so in the summer um, especially us kids we would just ride our bikes out to um, this place which I don't know might have been four miles but we did it and yeah. stuff. and That wouldn't happen today. Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, and it it was a different time when, I mean, you weren't worried about your kids and somebody nabbing them even, you know. Yeah. So, anyway. But, yeah, so when you go take care of the horses, guess what? You go horseback riding, and that was always fun. That's why we had the horses in the first place. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like there was some motivation there. Um, you know, you got some of that intrinsic motivation from knowing that you're going to surprise your parents and how happy they'd be and then of course you know taking care of the horses but then getting to ride them so that's yeah. awesome and my dog I love my dog oh, yes your dog was that your lassie dog yes yeah yes nope See? don't don't talk about how lassie went to heaven no I wasn't oh. going to tell okay. that okay. but okay, great. great lassie was a girl okay Lad was a boy. Oh, That's why I called him Lad. I just got yes. the name. Yes. Weren't you clever? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, did your parents have high expectations for you growing up, especially with like school or, um, you know, doing school, finding a job, kind of getting out and not just staying home all day? Not really. I'm going to say... I just don't even know. Like, I mean, I did okay in school, so there was never this, oh, you got bad grades, you know, and you need to up them and stuff. So I was kind of like on autopilot with them. Um, My dad didn't even finish high school. He ended up, you know, having to quit work to um, wash dishes at the hospital to help support his family. Again, a different time back then. And did I say I'm 57 years old? Well, I mean, well, I'm going to be. You didn't have but, to offer that. Yeah, but I just thought I'd throw that out so okay, people kind of well, get an idea. Of I didn't ask. Back so. when. Okay. So anyway, um, just school wasn't a, a high expectation because I did do okay. You did do well. Yeah. 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 Um, so 
how did you push yourself? Um, I know before you've said that school was pretty easy, but high school would start to get hard or where do you think the motivation or push or drive came from then? Well, first of all, does anybody get algebra? <laughs> I mean, I used to be pretty smart with math, but yeah. oh my gosh, ninth grade came, algebra came and it's like, I don't get this. I got geometry, but not algebra. See, I bombed geometry and got algebra. Well, you got that from your dad. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. So, um, as far as pushing myself, you know, what happened is I was 14, and you could get a worker's permit, and I wanted to buy myself a car. My parents weren't going to buy me a car. So, I got a job as a waitress at Sambo's. Now, most people don't know what Sambo's is. But Sambo's is like a Denny's, okay? So just picture that. And I usually worked the 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. shift. So it would be the morning breakfast and then lunch crowd and stuff. And so I did that on the weekends and saved money for a car and woke my dad up every Saturday and Sunday morning to take me because uh, I couldn't walk. And by the way, I wouldn't be walking in the dark in the yeah. early morning. So anyway, thank you, Dad, for taking me because I, I realize now, being a parent, how that was, you know, just annoying. But anyway, so... Well, it sounds like, you know, he was a hard worker, and so he probably appreciated the initiative and, again, that he wasn't having to hound you and... And he didn't have to buy me a car. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that for my kids right now. Yeah. But so, in working uh, at Sambo's, uh, I met um, a fellow waitress that was going to beauty school. Her name was Janet, and Janet needed a model. And this model had to commit to going there once a week to get her hair done, mm -hmm. makeup done. How fun was that? That's a fun gig. Yeah, and that at the end of, I can't remember how many weeks it was, they had a model show, a show. Oh, so, so you were like an actual... I was an actual... Did you have to go down and catwalk and everything? Kind of, yeah. Oh, my I didn't gosh. get to wear something really cute. I don't remember oh. what I wore. Maybe I wore something cute for the time You just and remember stuff. your hair and makeup. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, well, do you know that I was a paid dancer, too? Oh, Mom, <laughs> this is not that kind of show. <laughs> no. No. So, no. So, my friend Jennifer... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, my friend Jennifer, she... Had said, what's those things, you know, a flash mob? Okay. Yeah. She said, you want to do a flash mob? Okay. I mean, the, you guys, you were probably in college by this point or something. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, we got to get paid for it. And we did. I can't remember if we made 50 bucks, but hello, I was a paid dancer. Okay. I thought you were saying around high school oh, no. that you were a paid dancer. No, it just reminded me. Just thinking of some different things that I've done for money. <laughs> oh, we'll have to do like a after dark episode yeah. and then we'll we'll share some more of those stories but yes yeah. like a flash mob in the recent years where you show up yeah and everyone starts dancing the choreographed yeah. dance yeah class. it was fun gotcha. and by the way y'all i don't know how to dance okay so anyway but, i just kind of had to fake it but when you dance you just have fun and exactly so then everyone's still entertained exactly maybe for different reasons but they got a smile. <laughs> okay, yeah. so it sounds like you're so, motivated and you wanted a car. Yes. And then, you know, doing the beauty school, kind of getting interested in that. Um, uh -huh. it, was, it was fun. Um, 
and you sound, well, I know you, you are a creative person, so I'm sure you saw some creative opportunity there. Yeah. But when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a vet because I loved horses. Yeah. Then I had a change of interest because now cars were more fun than horses. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as you got older, it was like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I still love horses. You do. I do. You tell me I run like a horse. You do. And I'm trying to take that as a compliment. No. When you were younger and you were playing soccer and your hair just was curly and you had it in a ponytail, you looked like this beautiful filly. Yep. Just beautiful. And yep. I remember coming off the field. How'd I do? Great, babe. You look like a filly. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. We haven't been horseback riding in a while. No, but remember when we got to go up in Oklahoma, Oklahoma? that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was the last time. Yeah. I think right now, I never had a fear, but now if I get on a horse, I realize I could break a bone. Yeah. That would suck. I think that kind of happens to everyone. As you get yeah. a little older, you start and it's thinking, like, hmm. I bent over and threw my back out, or I slept, and now I can't walk normal. Yeah. So you're like, get on a horse? No, thank you. Yeah. But I would love to. Just if anyone out there has a horse I can ride, yeah. let me know. Yeah. yeah. She'll bring margaritas for after. Yeah. After the ride. Yeah, because horses don't like alcohol. They don't like the smell of alcohol. Oh. It makes them nervous. What yeah. is that, like, breathalyzer people get put on their car for DWIs? Yeah. They should just, the punishment should be, be. You have to have be around a horse. Yeah, you have to take a horse yeah. to work. Yeah. yeah. I'll see what I can do about that. So you already kind of shared um, this next question, talking about what your first job was. Um, but I do remember a funny story, if you feel like sharing, uh, at your time at Sambo's. Oh, my. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this may make everybody question ever eating a salad. Oh. So... So I mean, s- I was 14. Hold on. If you're a salad lover, you might just want to skip yes. ahead 30 seconds. Okay, yes. go ahead. But so I'm trying to get the manager's attention because I have found something that he should know and be aware of. I say, Frank. Frank. He says, what? And why are you yelling? Because I'm half, I'm across the room. Like yeah. I'm probably 20 feet away from him like at least. Like across the restaurant. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I yell, Frank, there's a bug in the salad. Oh my God. He just was like, oh. yeah. he was mortified. Yeah. And just like I, he was so mad at me, <laughs> so mortified, just wished I had no mouth, couldn't have never said anything. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that was, that was Probably my highlight of Sambo's is that. Yeah. When did you realize, like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that? Like, seeing his face or as it was coming out of your mouth? No, (laughs) no. It was afterwards when he kind of took me aside and was like, you never say something like that. You should have just come to me. Take me in private. Anyway, so, yeah, I just didn't know any better. Dumb. Just totally naive. For those of you on the edge of your seats, it was a bug. It was a bug. And the by the salad. way, I hate bugs. I'm not picking that bug up. <laughs> so, no. That's that's a, somebody like that was mature would have just been like, pick the bug up, throw it in the garbage, and go on. 
Oh, why do you tell Tori and Brianna when you're watching them at my house and they oh. find a bug? Oh, no. It doesn't come in my house. And keep it away, and I can't believe they pick up bugs. Because no. I will never hold a but bug. But when you find them, you say you hate being the adult, right? Oh, yeah. Because what's that mean? That means I have to pick it up, and I don't want to pick it up. But you know what? They're older now, and Brini likes to Brainy pick up bugs. Brini likes to pick up so bugs. So from now on, if yep. they see a bug, I'm just going to say, Brini, pick it up. Yeah. And she goes, Ew. Okay. <laughs> By the way, you're going to put it in the toilet and flush it, okay? We're not keeping it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so yeah. you did Sambo's, but you obviously still don't work there. So no. no. What did you do after that? So I met a guy there when I was waitressing, and he basically had a crew of girls, high school girls, that mowed yards. So we were the Sioux City, Iowa's original mowing crew, okay? And we mowed in shorts and swimsuit tops. And uh, so that's that's what I did. And the thing is, eventually, I started as the youngest, and eventually I worked up to be, like, the head uh, crew girl. And, I mean, it basically was me getting my friends to come work for him. And so, anyway, I mean, I'm a tall girl, and big girl, and so, like, one of my best friends that worked for him, she was little, little teeny thing. I don't know if she's five foot three and weighed 100 pounds. So, he actually got her a powered mower, okay? And then he would still make me do the hills. Mm. It's like, what's up with that? And then he would say, we're going to go get flowers, and make me and another girl go take the load to the dump. Because back there, we bagged, that's another thing, we bagged the grass. You just didn't just mow and it mulch it all and everything. You had bags, and you'd have to take the bag and dump it in the truck. So then you go back mowing, bag gets full. And this is why the mowers would get heavy, too, okay? So anyway, yeah, I, I was the big, strong one. Yeah. Pros and cons. Yeah. It sounds like the Hooters of Lawn Services. There you go. <laughs> possibly a little scandal between boss and employee. Yeah. And um, it sounds like when old people say they had to walk to school up and up and a hill both ways in the snow. You had to, yeah, like, four miles. or Yeah, you yeah. had to mow a lawn. I did. Banks. Because yeah. Iowa is hilly. Ways. Oh, yeah. Dallas is flat. Yep. Yeah, the hills and corn and fields, and that's about that's about it. Yeah. So you went from mowing lawns to what? Well, then in the winter I needed a job, so I worked at Burger King. Mm-hmm. So I worked at Burger King in the winter and mowed lawns, and yeah, I I liked mowing lawns because my boss would give me his Tahoe mm. for the weekend. Oh. Or he had a big old truck, too. Back so to the cars. <laughs> yes. Oh, because remember how I wanted a car? I did buy a car, and I kind of didn't take care of that car and ended up, I don't know what, I traded it with one of my brother's friends for a different car. And then nobody ever told me to put antifreeze in it, so the engine block cracked. So then I traded that car for a motorcycle. <laughs> I actually no, I, I rode a motorcycle. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um Is but, there much of a difference between a motorcycle and a horse? Which one's easier? Uh the motorcycle. Oh, well, okay. Anyways, yeah. Just random question. Yeah. Anyway. So you worked at Burger King. 
And that was, like, a good choice because... It was a hangout. And that is where I met Kim, my husband. Yep. Yeah. He didn't work there. He just came through drive-thru. You were working that drive-thru. I was. (laughs) (laughs) Any cute guy come through? Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, let me take your order. Yeah. (laughs) You want to value size that? (laughs) Um, Okay. So, um, then you had said earlier you eventually got into beauty school and you were a hairdresser and you decided to be a stay-at-home mom with baby number three on the way and dad working. Yeah, Um, I was a hairdresser for 10 years, just throwing that out there. That's important. Yeah. Um, So what was it like going from working to being a stay-at-home mom? Well, first of all, for however many years, I worked four days a week. And see, I always worked like from noon till 8. Because, you know, people are, for the most part, getting their haircuts in the evenings and then Saturday all day. So then after I had you, then I worked three days a week. And then after I had Tony, I worked two days a week. So by the time we decided for me not to work anymore, it was only two days a week in the first place. And it was, you know, like Thursday from noonday and then all day Saturday. And so anyway, the nice thing was, especially Saturday um, Kim and I were home with the kids and, you know, we got to do different things and spend time together. Otherwise Saturday, I mean, Sunday was the only day and that was church and everything like that, that we would all be together and stuff. Um, so it made more sense. Yeah. For, for during the day, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously Monday through Friday or in the evenings, except for Thursdays then anyway. So it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. So how did people view stay-at-home moms versus working moms at the time? What was the norm? Were more people working or staying at home? I don't know, because I knew a lot of stay-at-home moms. Um, We lived in an awesome neighborhood, first of all. Um, We lived in Omaha, Nebraska, and we didn't have fences. So this whole group of us, all our yards backed up to each other and stuff, and so many of us weren't working, and so we would have play dates, whether they were just casually outside, um, just standing out there talking and kids playing. One of the neighbors had a swing set and a, then a sandbox underneath the deck, and that was the main hangout, okay? I remember that swing set, actually. That was, like, the place to be. Even if, like, those people weren't home, all the other neighbor kids would still go and play in the sandbox. And oh, the when we'd set. have people over even. That, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you guys go outside and play, and they'd be down there. Yep, we would just run down to their place. Yeah. So it sounds like the stay-at-home moms, like, had each other um, and had some really good friendships there. What about, did you know very many working moms then? You know, I knew some from just when I was, you know, working myself and doing their hair, and then also you know, a few of the other neighbors and stuff. And, you know, for working moms back then, I mean, it was hard. You didn't have cleaning ladies back then. At least not anyone I knew had cleaning ladies. And the, you know, conveniences that the grocery stores have now. First of all, even having like a Super Target or the Walmart, you have the grocery and your other things that you go shopping for let's say oh we need some clothes we need new socks new underwear whatever and stuff 
all those different things are at the same store as you get your groceries and your cleaning supplies and, you know, gifts and stuff. So stores these days make it a lot more convenient than it used to be. And even the drive-up pharmacy. Oh, my gosh. When your kids were sick, the last thing you wanted to do is you're hauling them in and out of the doctor's office. Now you got to go and drop off your your prescription and you have to wait around for it and back up in uh, Omaha you've got winter and so anyway but working moms not only didn't have the convenience of the grocery stores combined they also you know like grocery stores now have it so convenient foods you know that are made like in the deli or this and that and the stuff. frozen family meals. Yes. The, um, yeah. So much more. I think Stouffer's back then, you could buy a frozen lasagna, but that's gross. But Well, now just, you can order groceries and they show up to your doorstep. I know. Or, you know, you go and they just put them in your trunk. So Yeah, and these days, I mean, you order, you do your shopping, you know, even things you want to buy for gifts and stuff online and they're at your house when you come home. So... Yeah. Things weren't like that back then and stuff. So I think it was really hard for working moms back then. Yeah. Um, Did any stay-at-home moms have like a side hustle, as it's called these days, where they're selling beauty products or clothing, some type of clothing? Were there moms that had other passions that they were pursuing? Yeah. Well, so I used to sell clothes. So I would come down to Dallas to visit my family here and I would go and pick up clothes that were like the two-piece outfits that were hand-painted and stuff and they're really gaudy and jeweled and bedazzled and everything and so I started taking stuff up to Omaha and selling them so that was that a was little the 90s, side gig. right 90s yeah. style yeah like, I mean like Max was a baby yeah so that was 19 yeah basically 91 and all that around then so anyway, I did that um, for maybe a year or two. But then, uh, like one of my friends, she was an aerobics instructor at the YMCA. So she did that. And I can't remember what anyone else had done and stuff. A lot of people actually had other things, like maybe they'd be in a mom's church group and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but really involved in the church, for sure. So then, so that was like a lot in Nebraska. What was it like when you moved here? How was the stay-at-home mom world different? It's kind of funny because we moved here to Coppell around the same time as some others, and I became really good friends with the different ones that I met through you guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Through you guys, there was different people, and um, I funny because so many people were new to the area so it was more like just hey you want to go here do you want to go there you know like we were kind of exploring um the the whole Dallas area and stuff and yet together yeah yeah and so we're everybody was looking for a friend let's say and so it was easy to make friends and well you make a friend everywhere you go yeah, I well. call that mom dating, and I find it very uncomfortable. Mom dating? I've never yes, heard of that term. It's like I'm trying to, you know, make some new mom friends, but uh-huh. it's like, well, my kid likes your kid, but what if you're like a weirdo? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, let me tell you, the first day of school, Sydney comes home and she says, Mom, Emily 
Molly wants me to come to her house after school. And her number is, and she rattles off all these numbers, and I say, well, that ain't even a real number, so no. (laughs) So the next day, she ended up, I think her mom, who is one of my best friends now, was picking her daughter Emily up and introduced herself to me. And so we started talking. So then it was like, okay, well, then we went over to her house after school the next day because I still needed to meet her. I wasn't real comfortable at first. And, I mean, I just moved to Dallas, the big city from Omaha, Nebraska. And anyway... It's funny because I ended up leaving Sydney and then Max at Janet's and running somewhere with my sister. So I must have been very comfortable then by then. Yeah. And it was the first time being there. And not to take any credit from you, I just feel like it plays in well with your personality. You're always up for a good time. You're very social. Um, I love spontaneity. You do. Yes. You do. And I'm kind of like, uh, we didn't plan that. Unless... A sponta- spontaneous trip to Chick-fil-A or Starbucks <laughs> or a spontaneous nap. Oh, my gosh. But all the kids happen to be asleep at the same time. I'm up for that kind of spontaneity. I can't even say that word. You yeah. say it. Spontane- spontaneity. Yep, that one. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, my next question was going to be about how moving um, impacted you, and we, we touched on that. Um, so just... As a whole, what would you say the hardest part was um, about being a stay-at-home mom? I would say it was hardest when you guys were little, when you were really little, because again, we lived in Omaha, Nebraska, and and where Omaha, Nebraska. Sound like you said Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. I think I said it too fast. Anyway, they know what we mean. We'd be cooped up in the winter. I mean, do you know one year they actually had to postpone uh, Halloween? Yeah, we had a blizzard. We cried four days later. Yeah. And I have you and Tony and Sydney's a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dad's in Brazil because remember he'd go to Brazil for yeah. two and three weeks at a time. Yeah, yeah so I think uh, being cooped up in the winter. And oh, by the way, when it would snow, as you guys got older, you'd want to go out and play. <laughs> and it'd take a half started. hour yeah. to get you ready to go out and play. And you'd be out there, and five minutes later, you're coming in because it's too cold. Yep. I think I'd still do the same thing. But that's what Jacob's for. He'll stay outside with the kids. and Oh, there you go. They'll play. They'll yeah. play till their fingers and noses and toeses fall off. Yeah. But that's, I think that was just, for me, hard. and and uh, But otherwise, I mean, we had get-togethers at each other's houses and, you know, little play, play dates where kids would all play together and moms, you know, would just chat and stuff. And that's how we'd get through winter. Yeah. Was there any wine drinking dates to help get through? <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, it would be girls' night out, and we'd go out for margaritas. Mom, us moms would, yeah. and stuff. But you know, we we needed to get out of the house, so it wasn't like you're gonna get together at somebody's house and drink some margaritas. You, we wanted to be at a restaurant. We mm. wanted to be dressed and smell good and look good. Yeah, and so I like anyway. it. Well, just so you know, I'm keeping the tradition going. Good. Good. I try. Because you need to. Yeah. For tradition's sake. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, is there anything that you would have done differently? And whether career, stay-at-home mom, um, 
just, I guess, career path. Even. Well, it's kind of funny because actually I would have never thought this, but it wasn't until I had you. And after having you, I was like, you know, and one of my customers was actually a nurse at the hospital, but she wasn't taking care of me. She was um, taking care of somebody else, but she kept popping in and stuff. And by the way, do you know your dad was sick when you, mm-hmm. when I had you? He was sick, and here I am in labor, and they're all these nurses are attending to him to yes. see if he's okay. Yes, but and anyway, then when it was time to like push, you were grabbing on him, and he's like, "Gene, you're gonna I'm make gonna me throw, throw up." up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if he would have thrown up on me? Oh, oh, oh my gosh! Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. There's some bad pregnancy stories out there, but that yes. I. I don't know if there's coming back from that. No. I wonder if I could have made $10,000 on America's Funniest Home Videos for that one. (laughs) Our kids are obsessed with America's Funniest Home Videos right now. Yeah. And it it is hilarious, the different things. But anyway, so, so no. So after I had you and stuff, I was like, you know, if I ever go back to school, I want to be a labor and delivery nurse because I want to see what it's like on the other end and stuff. So then... Actually, as time went on, um, Janet, my friend I told you about, she, um, well, you know her, but these guys yes, don't, but yes, yes, she yes. actually went on to become a nurse and went through school and everything while her kids were like in junior high. Well, first she became a, a scrub tech and then a nurse. So she went through a lot of schooling and I think that's really hard to go to school and be a parent because you're, you have to study yeah. and you have to pass tests. Yeah. And nursing like school is hard. Real school. Yeah. Yeah. It matters if you get that A or that B. Yeah. You know. I want a nurse or doctor that got A's. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I want the top of the class. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so then Sydney though, she decided to be a nurse. I kind of actually, I kind of suggested it to her just because she's such a kind and caring person. She really is. I think you're just taking credit for her career there but yeah well anyway well I kind of nudged her that way so can I yeah lovingly nudged yeah but I would go and see her when she was in college and I would you know try and help study with her like just you know I'd be asking her questions and she'd tell me the answers and that was kind of cool but so I came home one time and told Kim I was like you know I think it'd be kind of cool to go Back to school and become a nurse. What kind of nurse? Well, I want to be a labor and delivery nurse. Remember, I want to see the other end. And because you've never let me come in, (sighs) I could watch it that way. And then that could really tell me whether I ever really wanted to do it. I already pinned that on Sid. Oh. Sid's going to let you um, watch. Yes, okay. Did they not offer mirrors back then? Oh, you're not going to look at a mirror when you're screaming and your eyes are clinched. Pre-epidural. Oh, let me tell you, I had three kids without an epidural. Max, my youngest, had him an epidural. Oh my gosh, I would have, I would have gone in the baby making machine factory here. You know, I would have made babies for people because I was never miserable pregnant. I was miserable delivering babies. That was horrible. But anyway. So you didn't do that. You never went back to do that. No. So when I told Kim, he said, Jean, you don't have a caring bone in your body. And I looked at him and I started laughing 
because I'm like, you're right. <laughs> you care, but just not, not like that. No, no I mm. don't care like that. No. You care a lot about your kids, your grandkids, your close friends, but yeah. But I'm not that caring person, so that sympathy and yes, empathy and yes, suck and, it up, Buttercup. And you know what? Things that are gross, they're gross, going to gross me out, and I'm not going to do it. Yeah, so. I don't think. If you can't pick up dead bugs, I feel right. like you can't. I can't see blood. <sighs> well, I can see some blood, but not gory blood. Or but. like alien-looking things coming out of women, right? Like yeah. That seems pretty gory. Yeah. No, see, if you were in the room, I feel like I'd be getting a play-by-play, or you'd be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and I just... <laughs> I can't. Well, and it's really a good thing for a husband and wife to just bond, and it's, yeah, so. Honestly, I don't even want to be in there. But No, I, I don't either. I, like, have to be, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Sid, your, your job. Your yeah. Job. Um, so, how did you manage pursuing your other passions? You had mentioned clothes and... Um, just having time to be creative. I know you have repainted this house like five or six times that oh. we know about. <laughs> yeah, that you know about. Um, yeah, but how did you like well, make time and balance that? Okay, so when you guys were little and I was doing clothes, some of the clothes I was selling was stuff that I decorated. Um, you know, like you'd have these iron-ons and then you'd paint around them with the squeezy paint and stuff. And I would do Pop that. Paints. Yeah. yeah. When I would, well, you guys would go to bed. When you guys went to bed, then I would stay up late sometimes. And, um, again, remember, Dad would be in Brazil for two and three weeks at a time, different times. And so, anyways, or, you know, if you guys were down for naps or something like that. And, but, Don't like, you if, ever get tired? You never get tired. Um, or do you just push through it? I can push through it. I can push through it, and like, so, back to painting, mm-hmm. so, I'll never forget this one night, I was painting the house here, in the dining room, late at night, it's like four o'clock in the morning, Oh my gosh. and I started to freak myself out, because I was like, the windows were open, like, I mean, no curtains over the windows, because I was painting, mm-hmm. and so, lights on, I'm exposed to the world, and I thought, well, if I mean, somebody knocked on the door, what would I do? Oh, oh my God, I'd freak out. Yeah. So I kind of started freaking myself out about that and stuff. But yeah. so I'm cool painting in the middle of the night even as long as the windows are closed. Yeah. I mean, you know, something's covering it. That could have been like sleep exhaustion setting in. Yeah, like, where it I starts messing with my head. Yeah. Fumes, late hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I admire you because, um, as Brianna says, you do not know what it's like to have three kids. Oh, but yeah. But you do know what it's like to have four I'll kids. never forget when she told me that. Yeah. I said, well, you're right, because I had four. <laughs> <laughs> but you, like, had four busy kids and lots of activities yeah. once we were older, right? You said younger you guys was were harder. all playing soccer. I remember... Yes thinking, I can't wait till you guys get older. And uh, one of the neighbor gals who had the older kids was like, no, you're. You, this is a good time. Just wait. They're just going to get busier. I'm like, no, I could handle that. But then there was times when 
especially we moved here and like all four of you were playing soccer and trying to manage, you know, who's going to what practice, who's taking who, who's riding with who, you know, carpooling and then games. Oh my gosh, games. Because when all four of you were playing soccer, it was like we had to divide and conquer. You're but, going to this game, I'm going to this game. Do you know, I don't think I ever forgot a shin guard or a cleat or a wad. Like, I always had all my stuff, too. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever forgot a jersey, and that's not because of me. I forget stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, again, kudos to you. And getting you there on time, remember? Now, we may have had to sprint from the, <laughs> the car. parking yeah. lot to the field. But, yeah. yes, always on time. Um, okay, so how did you raise us to, you know, have a drive? And um, I think all four of us kids ha- have high expectations for ourselves. Um, me, as well as my siblings, uh, got into college, got out in the four years, came out with jobs and have moved up in our different career paths. And I would say that's like a trophy in in and of itself. But like, how did you do that? Because that doesn't happen in most cases. I don't know. I think it's just like we just always expected you guys, you guys all knew you would go to college. It was never a choice. You were going to college because we wanted you guys to have a life better than us, You, which you needed to have something to to aspire to be. Or... No, just you needed to have the tools. Okay. I the see. tools. Okay. Yep. Because you and dad both went to like trade schools essentially. Right. Yeah. Right. And so anyway, it just was always expected. And so like, I mean, we always went to meet the teacher. We always went to, um, what was it called where, you know, the, you, the, Parent conferences. Well, no, obviously those, but the uh, <laughs> curriculum nights. It seems oh, like you curriculum remember nights. a few parent conferences <laughs> in particular. We'll save yeah. that for after we turn this off. Those <laughs> conferences were the ones that weren't just your norm, normal scheduled conferences. Like they were like, no, we need you to come in and from... talk to us. Yes. 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 Oh gosh. So Yuck. anyway. Um, then in high school, especially when it was curriculum night, you'd meet each teacher. Each teacher would go over the curriculum. And what was kind of cool about that, I would take back from it, is like anytime one of you guys would complain about this teacher or that teacher, I might be like, well, you guys are full of crap. Or like, oh, yeah, I get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, glad I'm not in high school. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, what was the question again? It was how did you instill that drive in us to be successful and uh, yeah I mean I think you would even see I mean obviously we worked hard and I mean like you you in sports even and stuff you know I mean you you we never just oh we're gonna skip soccer today you know nothing like that and so anyway and dad was never one to stay home work from work just because he didn't feel good and stuff and I don't know. It's probably just in your blood, you know, because me and dad are both like that and stuff. So, well, and then there always has seemed to be a, 
a positive competitive spirit. Um, I love the Halloween trick-or-treating story. Oh, uh, <laughs> my gosh. Well, so which story are we talking about? Because the one where we were ready to go home. And oh, you remember that blizzard I told you about? Yes. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So uh, it was delayed for four days. And so when it was time that they said we could do trick-or-treating, remember there was a blizzard. So, I mean, it's snow out there. There's ice and it's cold, really cold. And when I say snow, I mean, people have shoveled their driveways and sidewalks and stuff. So it's not feet of snow. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not just running through the grass, you know, from house to house and stuff. And so dad was in Brazil (laughs) and another friend of mine whose husband was in with Brazil with him. She lived in the country. So her kids were your guys' age. So she came and, and she stayed, I think. I might have even stayed to hand out candy, and she took you and Tony and then her older two while I stayed with the two babies. And then it was like the boys, you guys, the boys were done. Tony and her son were done. But it was like you weren't, and her older son wasn't. So I was like, oh, I'm going to take them out. So I went out with them, and we ran into my neighbor that had the older kids. Uh-huh. Her daughter had just gotten home from gymnastics, so she was taking her out in the van. So it's like we jumped in the van. So you didn't have to walk that far. But every house that had the light on, I was like, get out. And pretty soon, as time went on that night, you guys were just cold and tired and you're little kids. And you're just like, can we go home? And it's like, no, there's another house with the light on. Go out, go. And we're like, okay. Yes. Treat. <laughs> you had a lot of candy. Yes. But let's talk competitive here. Yeah. So then one year, it wasn't snowy and stuff, but I had taken you guys out, and then the younger three were done, but you weren't. So I had just you, and it was later towards the evening, and you would show up at the door all by yourself, this sweet, cute little girl. I think you were in a hockey jersey. And uh, they were trying to get rid of their candy, and so they were just dumping candy they felt sorry for you by oh, yourself it's late at night yeah. not late at night I mean right. it might have been like eight o'clock towards yeah. hey that's late yeah but you know that's usually quitting time supposed to be but not in my world my world you're trick-or-treating until there's no more people with lights on yeah at least nine so anyway um and when you trick or beer I mean, yeah I mean that's my party okay Halloween's my night yes and Halloween is still very very fun to this day enjoy your Halloween party and just how you decorate and make cool bottles. That's fun. Mm -hmm. So, um, in pushing kids, motivating kids, holding kids to high expectations, do you have any advice or warnings or things you saw that worked with your kids and what might not work? Um, And again, just in your own experience and what you've seen. Well, sometimes I think parents these days are too lenient. I mean, okay, I was raised with the belt, okay, but I didn't get in trouble that much. And so I just think things have gone from one extreme to maybe the other at times, you know. Uh, So what was the question again? Just uh, on like... 
having kids, have having high expectations for kids, instilling drive, um, you know, holding them accountable, making sure they're growing in the right direction. So I agree. I mean, sometimes with as a teacher, it's like the longer parents wait to um, I think they think so many problems kids will just grow out of. And I've, that is partly true. But I think that it's harder to raise your expectations later. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the expectations need to grow and adapt with kids as they grow older and um, get involved in different activities and have different responsibilities. But... Um, I think some people just have no expectations. Um, and by the time they realize it's a problem, it's that much harder to to remediate or to fix. Or uh, It can be done. I think, it's, in my opinion, it's harder. So like you said, maybe some people just are too lenient, maybe for too long. Um, and I think a lot of it depends on the kid, wouldn't you say? Depends on the oh, kid. Oh, totally. Depends on what's happening. As far as like a nighttime routine, right? Like yeah. If we were having fun in the summer, if it was the 4th of July, you know, there's different things. That exceptions. Have, yeah, exceptions. Yeah. I think a routine is very good for kids. They, kids need a routine. And um, I think kids, all kids need to be disciplined. And it doesn't mean the belt. Uh, but it just means um, that there are rules and if they're not followed there's consequences and there's also um, rewards right you know for sure I mean again my experience in the classroom and even with my own kids there are some kids that will work for an incentive and that's all that they'll work for there's some kids that, heaven forbid, they be in trouble or get a consequence, and that is what motivates them to, you know, make the right choices. I think that was you. School. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I still, people pleaser from kind of a fear-based mm-hmm. place, you know, I don't want to disappoint um, or ever get in trouble. Rule mm-hmm. follower uh, to a T. And obviously, good. But uh, I actually think I remember Jennifer and Janet talking to me one time and essentially, like, saying, it's okay to, like, get in a little trouble. Like, you need to have, like, some fun. Uh-huh. And I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, these grown-ups are telling me that it's okay to get in trouble. <laughs> I Wait just, till I talk to them. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you put them up to it. No, why would I? Because I had the perfect think, child. <laughs> but you, but I'm boring well, and all that. I'm not your social kid. And, yeah. But, and then you see me around other people you don't know, and you're like, Baron, you can talk to people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, that's kind of my job. I'm a little awkward, but I can talk to people. Yeah. Hence you, this podcast. You were such an easy child yeah I guess yeah I'm only talking to a microphone and you but whatever okay moving on just a couple more questions here um so we've done this book study on John Maxwell's 15 invaluable laws of personal growth and you have grown a lot through different phases that we've heard about today 
out of all your life phases, childhood, teenage years, that newlywed pre-kids phase, being a parent, and now being a grandparent empty nester out of all those life phases, um, which part of your life do you feel like you experience the most growth? Honestly, this is going to sound kind of weird, but for me, it was after high school, going to school and becoming a hairdresser. Really? I would have yeah. thought it, I mean, I would have thought it would have been being a parent. So why was it then? Because I had to now talk to people and in in the you know, hair industry, the way you make money is you got to build a clientele, okay? And so, A, you have to be good. You have to be good cutting hair and perming hair. Perming back then, oh my gosh, I did long-haired perms. And you would have somebody in your chair for, you know, two to three hours. And so you just talk and really get to know the person and stuff. And so anyway you had to build the client relationships and you had to be confident also. And a lot of my clients would become my friends anyway. Um, so, but I remember back, but wait, how did you do that? How did you develop those personal skills? Trial and error, or do you think you have the skills and you just had to step outside of comfort zone? I think, I think I've probably always had it. And it's also back to a drive. Remember how I went to work 14 years old as a, as a waitress yeah. to make money? Well, I knew I needed to make money. So I knew, you know, I mean, they, they teach you, you know, you, you, you got to be personable. Okay. okay. So it isn't just the skill of cutting hair and stuff. So anyway, um, I guess my motivation and my way of trying to, um, build a clientele was I've, I've just got to listen to people and, you know, listen to people, you have to ask questions and stuff. And there's, I get a lot of good stories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, the things I would find out about people. But anyway, (laughs) but it's funny because there was this girl I didn't like in grade school and here I have an appointment one day and it's this name and I'm like, just last name. I'm like, oh, wow. Huh. I wonder what if. And of all things, when I went to go get my appointment, it was her. I was like, oh, this could go really bad. Or, How awkward was that? Oh, or did y'all just play nice? Like, oh, hi. It's so kind of nice like you. that. Oh. Kind of phony. Uh-huh. But here was the deal. I had to do the best job ever because she would have told everybody how horrible I was. Right. Mm -hmm. And I really wish I could have done a bad job, (laughs) but I couldn't for my reputation. But that I think was such a, Oh, horrible. And yet growing experience, you know, to, to do something for somebody you did not like touch somebody. (laughs) <laughs> Being a hairdresser is very personal, you know. Yeah, you got to shampoo their hair. Just from yeah. the very beginning, you shampoo their hair. And you got to, you know, as a hairdresser, you know, people that give really good massages, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. So, I mean, she's got to have guts to be willing to sit in your chair. And let me cut her hair. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know. isn't that weird that I would think of that as being, you know, uh, 
uh, what did you ask me? I can't remember now. Uh, <laughs> Personal you, growth, yeah. right. But So did she ever come back? No. Did that bother you? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you probably never heard, heard back about it. So in which life phase um, have you seen me, in your opinion, show the most personal growth? Oh, my gosh. You as a parent, you're juggling work and kids. You're advancing your career. You didn't just stay as a teacher. You became the dyslexia ESL director for uh, Sunnyvale, the entire ISD. Um, that's a lot. You've had to do a lot of training classes and through your summers even. And I don't know, your job even. How many different schools or classrooms have you uh, taught? You taught first grade? Mm-hmm. I taught first grade for three years. And then you taught second grade in Sunnyvale? For four years. Guess who always helped <laughs> do your room? <laughs> yes, but you like yeah. it. It is fun and creative. I know, it and is And you fun like and when creative. things are level and square and oh, even. It's got to be perfect. Yes, so yes. that's why I keep you around. Yeah, yeah, but you, I mean, through this all and like you, when you started Sunnyvale, you were, you, you basically had Tori. Yeah, I had Tori. Did you meet the teacher? Did you do meet no, the teacher? No, I did not make it to meet oh, the teacher. Oh, and that isn't the first meet the teacher you missed out no. on. Remember your yeah. first class, mm-hmm. the first meet the teacher? Yeah, I had you my got, appendix yeah. out the Friday. Emergency appendix. Before, yeah, that was not that was not fun. No, no. But, but you've just, like, worked so hard, and I, I will say that with all four of you kids, it wasn't until you were a teacher and realized how much I didn't appreciate my kids, as, all your kids, as, all you guys as teachers, and how hard you guys worked. And um, I'm sorry. I have to apologize for that <laughs> to one. All to all the teachers. <laughs> send them all a little note. Facebook yes. them. Hey, you know what? I just want you to know that I'm sorry that I never thanked you enough over if and over you again. you had the Fraser kids, especially <laughs> yeah. that one or this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next drinks on me, people. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I need to have a thank you to all my kids' teachers margarita party. Uh, do I get a come? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I'm going to get a machine from Jacob. Deal. No. That sounds yeah. good. Little plug there. Yeah. Um, so, again, on kind of in the theme of personal growth, you've done so much in your life, so many different um, jobs and moving and pursuing so many creative passions. What do you think you'll be doing 10 years from now, or do you have any... Um, future goals? Well, I will say that my goal is I've kept you all in Dallas, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So many people, their kids end up going to school and then moving far away. And the thing is, it's like, I would miss you guys. And the thing is, I'm a really good grandma. I mean, I I try and help out a lot. Most people, you let someone else say that about you. Yeah, well, I'll toot my own horn here. And you kind of sound like a stage five clinger by saying one of your goals (laughs) is that 10 years from now, all my kids will still be within an hour of me. Yeah, well, so because I really, I mean, 10 years from now, we'll probably, you know, dad will be retired and 
I mean, I'm just not, not looking to travel the world. To me, family's most important. And it's like, I want to be, you know, around and go to the kids' games and just spend time with my family and with my kids and their their kids. and So not traveling? Uh, maybe Cancun once a year. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> All-inclusive. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. 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 Um, and we haven't even mentioned this whole time you play soccer. Oh, oh, oh. Are you no, still here's my be future goal. Soccer? Yes, my goal. I play soccer with a gal who is 70 years old. Oh okay. She's doing, yeah. she's good. I mean, she plays oh, on the senior is. Olympics. Okay. I'm just like, she's in tournaments all the time. I want to so be 70 awesome. years old yeah. and still playing soccer. There's my goal. Do you know she, she crushed that dream for me though? Why? She said, oh, honey. You guys won't be able to do this when you're 70 because of how hard we pushed it and played for so long for so young. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she talked about getting into it in later in life. And so, anyways, I'm sure it was just a little tongue-in-cheek, but a little bit of don't get your hopes too high. Well, you know what? You need to prove her wrong. Well, I already have a yeah. backache from not doing anything, you know. You sleep wrong. Mm-hmm. But and you, you play soccer still, so. Barely. Well, I run around on the field and try to look like that Philly horse you always talk <laughs> yeah. about. I think the problem for you is you're too busy right now. But yeah. when your kids get older, yeah. I can see you, especially since you're still doing it a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. that it can be your thing. Because that's the one thing I always felt like Sundays was my day to play soccer. That soccer, playing soccer for me is my thing. Mm-hmm. As busy as I was with you guys and stuff, your soccer games and everything, Sunday was my game. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I can't believe we made the whole interview without talking about that. I know it because you never played growing up. No, no. Did, how old were you when you started playing? <sighs> well, you were playing. This was back in Omaha, and you were you playing started for in Omaha. No, oh, when okay. I first. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So in Omaha, when your coach wanted a couple of the parents to come out oh, and play uh-huh. with you guys, uh-huh. and so it was like, oh my god, that was so much fun. But, oh, my gosh, two days later, I couldn't walk. Yeah. My thighs were killing me. Yeah. But then when we moved here, um, Trudy had a team, and her daughter was in the same class as Sydney's, and she asked me if I wanted to play, and I was like, yeah. And I said, Jennifer, do you want to play soccer? She's like, yeah. <laughs> so we joined a team, and we'd never had soccer training or anything like that. But you know what? We had fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. Watching you out there. I feel like a proud mama. <laughs> or my mama. Yeah, that's my mama out there. She'll take you out. And you call me every time you score. I do. Sometimes I score. I'm a defender. But yeah. in indoor, sometimes I score because they push me up and then they'll feed me the ball. <laughs> She's got a mean toe poke. So I'll yeah. That. Yeah. Well, Mom, thank you for taking the time to do You're this. You're welcome. I learned some new stories. And... Got some clarification on getting paid to dance. Yep. I'm glad that wasn't where I thought that was going. Yeah. Because some things I just can't unpicture. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast, hosted by Brooke and Farron. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and our website, wittyandgritty.blog. Subscribe to our email list to get exclusive updates, freebies, and more. Keep tuning in to learn a little about a lot.